Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 381 of The Sausage Factory. What? 308? In this episode, I chat to Rob and John Donkin of Bad Viking about their plant-based mystery adventure game, Strange Horticulture. Sorry, Strange Horticulture. So I'm still freaking out. 381! That's not right. Yeah, so this episode, we're talking about strange horticulture. Similarly to the number of shows that I've been recording over the years, this is also quite insane in that it's an adventure game when you put it on paper that you're running a shop with plants that you sell to people who use them for various things and you go out into the wilderness and find more plants to give to people. It's... You just put it on paper and this is the worst idea ever. It is not. It's one of the most innovative, entertaining, funny games I've played in a long, long time. And Rob and John, the siblings that they are, were wonderful guests. Of course they're wonderful guests. Every guest on this show is wonderful. I don't know why I say this. But this is a really good show. Really good uh, episode that recorded. And Strange Horticulture is a wonderful, wonderful game that more people should be talking about and should be playing. So please stop playing Elden Ring just for a moment and pick up, you know, Strange Horticulture. You might learn something. Like how a middle-aged man can be freaked out about how many podcasts he's recorded over the last nine years. Nine years. Chris, take it away. Rob and John. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, I'm Rob. I make computer games. Um, I'm the code half of Bad Viking. Mm. Yeah, and I'm John. I'm the other half of Bad Viking. I'm Rob's older brother and I do all the art stuff. Well, someone who's, who speaks who has three siblings, uh, the, the, the thought of working with them or anything, no offence to them, I love them to bits. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. it's yeah. It can be a bit like that at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and please don't think take offense. You clearly didn't take offense because you know what it's like. You know, it's just like, why <laughs> oh, no, are you constantly yeah, sure. hitting me? I, love, I do it because you're, you're annoying. And <laughs> but yeah, it's a different I, dynamic. I think you can be um, a bit more hypercritical and a bit. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a bit more honest yeah. sometimes, perhaps. Yeah. But, yeah. but also. <laughs> You do get on each other's nerves occasionally as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, there's a little joke that my family has. It's like, uh, oh, is, it, is this family rate? Yeah, so twice as much as expensive as normal. Yeah, yeah, really much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, um, how did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games as opposed to other stuff? Um, so I started it out. Um, I I was looking at kind of just how to make websites, I think, at first. Um, and I came across Flash via that. And then I realized, oh, hey, you can make games with this as well. And, oh, yeah, that's actually pretty fun. Um, and I kind of realized that that was something that, I mean, it just clicked for me. Um, so I started tinkering with that and making stuff. And with Flash, you can just, you could, well, back in the old days, you could just chuck stuff out there and people would play it straight away. Um, so I think I had a game out within a month. Um, something, oh, it was so stupid. It was, it's called Pond Skater. Um, you're a pond skater, of course, and you yeah. just trundle around collecting flies and avoiding bees. And then you can pick up a, a chain gun upgrade to shoot all the bees if you want. <laughs> so true, true to nature then. I'm liking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware realistic. of the ongoing conflict between bees and pond skaters. No, but, but well, it's there. It's, well, it's there. there. Yeah. It's definitely a thing as opposed yeah. to, I don't know, yeah. maybe birds, maybe. I'm, I'm, birds I'm are hard sure to draw. I'm sure they eat flies as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, they totally do. Yeah. Okay. And they do, uh, they are, have opposing thumbs and able to use equipment such as machine. Yeah. They're all... Mm. All tracks. So obviously, uh, skyrocketing there into a wonderful career of pond skating related video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm not, but in all seriousness, Flash was an extraordinary thing. It's sad that it's gone. Yeah. I suppose it got replaced by HTML5, but you could argue not. Yeah. It wasn't, but ultimately it was. But then we have Cascade style sheets and all went a bit squiffy. But yeah. um, <laughs> but um, so obviously you moved on from there because I'm fairly certain that Strange Horticulture isn't a Flash game. No, it's not. <laughs> no, we built it in Unity. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when Flash kind of started uh, dying off, we um, well John had joined me by then. Um, right. And uh, I started out trying to teach you how to code, didn't I, John? And yeah, you well. So from from my perspective, I I came into this like I did a degree in economics and then decided I really didn't want to do that as a career I wanted to do something more creative and then I actually had a job in a in the film industry for a while and then when on, I think after the financial crisis I, I was made redundant and Rob was like do you want to come and work with me making games and I had no experience and I thought, yeah, that sounds quite fun. I, I, I'll give it a go. Never expecting to be here 10 years later, still making games. But um, yeah, I, 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 Rob, you tried to make me code and I hated it. But I love doing all the little arty stuff and the graphics and the design Well, that was stuff. the great thing about Flash program back in the day was that it was all in there. It was an art program. It was an animation program. It was a coding environment. It had everything. So yeah, John. It was, was a brilliant program. You could make games in sort of a couple of weeks or a month, just constantly churning out prototypes, seeing what worked, and you could experiment and have like fun with it. And it was it was great. It was, um, and the audience didn't expect too much either. The bar was pretty low. Um, yeah, it was fun. fun heady times. times, heady times. And yes. Sadly, sadly, no more. No, so, so yeah, yeah, as, as yeah. you say, then then we kind of um, graduated a bit further, and we did some mobile stuff, and and now, yeah, well, we we haven't done a huge amount for Steam. We did one game, um, a multiplayer game, it was like um, a kind of broken. Uh, it was a, a worms type artillery sort of game. Okay, because um, we had success with that in Flash uh, and mobile with a game called Bad Eggs Online. Um, which is eggs instead of worms, basically. <laughs> uh, so we tried to do something like that, but for Steam. Um, and it, it, we got so close with it, 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 it really almost took off, but we had to shut down the servers on that, sadly. So you can't oh. play it anymore. Um, and then, yeah, a bit of soul searching and trying to work out what to do next. And we ended up with Strange Horticulture. Well, yeah, there's quite a diversion from artillery simulation to um, yeah, a bit, horticulture yeah. simulation. <laughs> Not sure what's more violent, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think <clears throat> after broken ground, we, which really like 
we were really disappointed and devastated by that and it took us a while to sort of like pick ourselves up right um and i think one of the sides of it that we really like the multiplayer side is is hard work it's really hard because you have to have a critical mass of players to make it work and you're paying for servers and you're doing all that and when it doesn't um yeah that was hard to take so i think for we just basically decided we didn't want to do that again we didn't want to go through a multiplayer that experience no so we really wanted to just make something that actually we could just sell as a single game um that rob and i like something that we we wanted to make like from place of love and like from who we are as people and um yeah that's how we came about and made strange horticulture which is another thing to say because neither of us are huge gardening people (laughs) it's probably one of the best people to make it really because you don't know anything about the subject matter (laughs) and that's why you created these strange plants which like that scientifically that shouldn't it doesn't matter okay fine (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah okay well i mean uh when I think of like good games like Artillery, I just think Scorched Earth, which is the original. Um, yeah, that was the original one. Yeah. Um, we had on uh, like an old laptop, I couldn't tell you what make or model was no. my dad had, but it was called, the file I think was called Bomb. <laughs> um, and so that's what we knew it as, but I think... Yeah. It wasn't much, Scorched Earth. I was it not think, Scorched Earth? I think yeah. it was like a spin-off of it, or maybe it was yeah. the same sort of thing. It was definitely very similar to Scorched Earth. Because that's where worms came from. Yeah, yeah, worms, yeah, like, yeah. No, they came from that. Someone used Blitz Basic to make, you know, the precursor to... To, yeah. to flash and they use this thing and they go there you go there's a game hang on this reminds me of no it's fine it's fine it's just, <laughs> this, you know but yeah it took on a life of its own and, and look at where it is now but um let's not go there but um <laughs> let's move on to the next dreaded question say dreaded question but the dreaded third question <laughs> but it's a question that i'm really fascinated to hear you answer to because i can't can't really can't fathom it um and here it is and it's a bit nebulous that's why it's a bit dreaded but here we <laughs> are you are creators Got on and therefore, I'd have to ask you this question What are your biggest influences? <laughs> I knew this was coming because I, well, I, was listening, I just went on before we came on here and uh, looked at what the podcast was all about, and, oh, uh, okay. and I was talking to John about it. Um, and he was like, Oh, god, I don't know, what are our inspirations? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had, had a little bit of a think about it, um, and the overwhelming thing that we came up with is that it's just it's everything isn't it it's like it's what book you're reading at the moment or what you've recently read it's what board game you're playing it's what tv show what film you're enjoying at the moment um and it's like it's history and it's life in general and it's people um and i mean in particular it's like it's successful stuff um particularly in indie games and um you know when i think of strange horticulture that mostly came about because we look at stuff um that comes out and you're like why is this successful what what makes this what made this take off in such a big way like and and yeah so strange horticulture we were looking at papers please um which is obviously a brilliant game and we're trying to work out well why why exactly do people like this? And um, yeah, stuff like that is is very inspiring to yeah. us because obviously it's a big success and you want that for yourself. So um, it's quite yeah. a natural starting point. But as Rob says, it comes from everywhere. Inspiration mm. can strike at any time. Yes. Like, and it and comes from life experience as well and, and things like that. I mean, Strange Horticulture, the inspiration for that actually, uh, I mean, we've been working on, um, like an idea for an adventure game set in the Lake District, and we'd called it Undermere. So we had this kind of these concepts around, but actually, the what uh, got us thinking about plants and everything was Rob was just walking the dock one day and came across a sign for um, something to do with gardening, and it had the word horticulture on it, and yeah. just that word leapt off the page and. Uh, I just, I just immediately because we had these kind of um, thoughts about where well, we want it to be sort of occulty, a bit weird. So yeah, I just immediately put those two ideas together and came up with the title "Strange Horticulture," and it just 
can agree from that. It's uh, that, not surprised you made reference to Papers, Please as well, because it's, yeah. it's a game that you describe on paper to someone like, no, no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to. How about yeah. not that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> like, so for us, we're kind of building on something that at least, yeah, our, our game is a bit weird, but it, it has a foundation there. So yes. I don't know how yes. Lucas Pope came up with Papers, Please, because... As far as I'm concerned, the guy's a genius. And yeah. border patrol. I mean, a border post. Someone, yeah. someone has to yeah. do that job. But, but this is yeah. it. Like, um, you walk through life, and you uh, and you think about what people do. And like now, we're game developers. I can't. I sort of think, oh, can you gamify that role, or how do mm. you make that? Can you turn yeah. that into game? I mean, yeah. after we released Strange Horticulture, we went um, out for a celebratory dinner, and we passed like an old barber shop. And it yeah. was like really cool, like with like this had really a really cool good aesthetic to it. Didn't it just it? had a really amazing aesthetic, and we were just thinking, "There's a game in there somewhere." And it's like that's just how you think when you're a game developer. You, you know, constantly thinking, "Oh, would that work as a game? Or how might that work as a game?" And yeah, yeah, <laughs> nothing is sacred. It's just really well. That's not true, but you know what I mean. There are <laughs> yeah, some. Yeah, there, yeah. Are, there are some subjects like maybe not. No, but. Um, <clears throat> okay well the next question then again, again it's another toughy one mainly because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings possibly but here we go <laughs> <laughs> what uh, developer do you most admire in the industry and why mm. well, a person I mean, or, what, a, or a company <laughs> given or what we've just said I think it, it yeah. was hard, hard not to <laughs> think of Lucas Pope with that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean any any sort of Lone indie developers. Lone indies. How do they do that? High caliber games like Lucas Pope and Eric Barone. I mean, just phenomenal achievements. I know. And um, so yeah, these these guys really inspire us. Um, Mm. And we really like the witness as well. I think Jonathan Blow is pretty incredible. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, The witness is a game from the last ten years. I think both of us like played it and just like how what he did with that single mechanic and just it made and just turned it into this like amazing concept and then when you've come across one of those first environmental puzzles and it just blows your mind yeah it's definitely a case of jonathan leans into the concept of here's something you think is familiar and now i'm going to turn it on its head without you realizing yes yes and the only way to solve it or get through it it is you have to turn it you have to accept the invertedness nature and you can go back to braid braid was actually a platformer and it's certainly without that rewind it would be just another platformer no offense to any platformers out there i never played braid but Mm. um obviously yeah it's what launched his career so yeah similarly sensibilities of the concept of taking something that's familiar then just twisting it and there's very much that coming out of strange horticulture so i'm not surprised that was your at your sort of like response and so thanks for that it's great (laughs) okay last question of the first half see you made it hey (laughs) Uh, this one's really important because it demonstrates you're not living in a bubble not that any of the video game developers really do but it's really interesting to hear what you are distracting yourself with um so uh both of you what are you playing right now oh gosh (laughs) Um, well, I'm, I, I picked up uh, Vampire Survivors over the weekend. Haven't we all? So, it's only yes, two well, quid. I think, exactly, that's it. It's two, <laughs> two quid. quid. Why not pick it up and see what all the fuss is about? That's like a third of a pint of beer now, which is horrific. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Oh, no. Well, in yeah. my part of the world, anyway. But, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but, so tell us, what, what do you, I mean, what, are you enjoying it? I mean, it's, of course, you are. I can play it with one hand. It's great. Go on. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird one. So, again, with that, I'm like... I would never have picked it up just by looking at it, but no. um, you see all, you know, obviously it's gone viral and lots of people talking about it and you're like, well, okay, what's all the fuss about? And then I started playing it. I was like, yeah, I don't really see what all the fuss is about. And then five hours go by and you're like, yeah, okay. It's quite addictive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One more run. I'll, I'll yeah. do it this time. I'll, do, I'll get it. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, 10 minutes. Oh, damn it. Come on. <laughs> I thought I had it this time. Yeah. Okay. What about you, John? What's distract? What are you distracted with? Well, if I'm honest, like over development of Strange Horticulture, we haven't actually had time to play much. Okay. Um, so I am looking forward to get stuck into a few things. And, That's cool. Um, I haven't done yet, but I bought Disco Elysium. Nice. Um, off the reckon 
recommendation of a few people who had played Strange Horticulture and actually brought it up. Um, mm. And I d- didn't know anything about it, but I think it looks absolutely brilliant. And yeah. I can't wait to get stuck into it. And um, I'm hoping my wife might sort of play with me and mm. it'll be something we can play together. So it's, it's definitely a study on the human condition more than anything else. Yeah. And one thing that struck me was some people are sort of, I've heard some people uh, lack experience in this field. If you play a lot of tabletop RPGs or have played one, then you accept the fact that sometimes those dice rolls are going to go against you. Yeah. And that is quite jarring for people who are not familiar with that concept. Right? Mm. Wait, all everything, all the ducks in a row, why have I now failed? Well, yes. because you rolled a two. That's we, we know all about that. I mean, we've <laughs> we've made our own RPGs in the past, and um, yeah, you kind of well with with the first one that we made, um, like you get all these comments of like, oh, I had ninety five percent. How did I miss? And you're like, well, that means you had a five percent chance of missing. So <laughs> that's why you missed. <laughs> so in the next one, we kind of fudge the numbers a bit, which I think is quite common in in that. Yes, the underlying mathematical model, which people underestimate, um, and it depends on the game, but I find it fascinating about probabilities and compound probabilities on top of that. If you don't get that right, to actually model reality, it becomes jarring to experience. And sometimes there's a conceit there. And that's all I warn anyone when they play Disco Elysium. They say, have you played many tabletop RPGs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not really. Huh. You know in XCOM when you've got point-blank range and you're leaning over them with a shotgun <laughs> yes. and you've got 1% chance of failing and you roll that dice and it still fails because of reasons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember you know. that in XCOM. It really annoyed me, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe Disco Elysium wasn't for you then, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sort of coming into it from a narrative side of things. Yes, I'm, that's I'm sort of focused to see how how it does that side of thing because obviously that's something with strange horticulture that we added and um we uh found quite difficult to add and i just i like the idea of um seeing how complicated and um broad and interesting their narrative is and yeah Probably, yeah. I'll probably be blown away with it because, like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's, easy, that side of things. It's not easy at all. No. I mean, it, it embraces the concept of Shades of Grey because that's far more interesting than the extremes. That's all mm. I say to that. Which is yeah. what you do with Strange Horticulture, which we're now going to delve into in part two of this show. So let's do that. Before, and I wish you the very best of luck with this one because I don't know how you're going to do it. Before we go on to talk about strange horticulture, I have to ask you the zeroth question, as it's known. The zeroth question is could you tell us what is strange horticulture? (laughs) John? Uh, Well, yeah, strange horticulture, we've always described it as a sort of occulty papers, please. Uh, with a Sherlock Holmesian vibe in which you take on the role uh, of um, this owner of a um, a plant shop and you have to um, sell 
plants to your eclectic and colorful customers, but you also have to first um, find, um, uh, identify and sort of catalog your plant collection. Um, and that's basically, that's what strange horticulture is. In a nutshell, but in a nutshell, and it's sort of a puzzle game. But yeah, um, there is. But you have to find the puzzles in order to do the puzzles. This is fantastic. <laughs> there, there are puzzles yeah, it's a bit of a detective on, game as well. There is. There's puzzles yeah, hidden. I think, on, yeah, underneath puddles. Ultimately, puzzles, yeah. we we wanted to make this sort of like uh, cozy and relaxing game that you could sort of sink into this um, sort of ye olde world. Um, and we didn't actually describe it as a detective game. I think it was. Um, a review and actually that's the most fitting description for it you basically yeah. it's a game about becoming a plant detective <laughs> and i think that's as succinctly as possible that's the way to describe it with bonus cat with bonus cat. That's, bonus that's important cat, yeah. that's an important i'm part, a little bit yeah. disappointed you didn't include the cat because yes there's a cat well, the cat is <laughs> is an interesting one because um the cat actually has nothing to do with the gameplay no but it's like i would yeah well. we um, wasn't actually in the game until we were discussing plot details and um it this idea of someone owning a cat and something bad happening to the cat came up and right that was a terrible idea yes but the cat stuck and we which thought, is, yeah which is great because uh, like this plant shop coming coming with the cat just seems to f it of course it does it was fact, so obvious yeah, yeah. we realized yeah well why well, did we not already for have me it's like the virtual version of stroking one's chin like okay well yes what's doing yeah. now? and i actually yeah. find myself doing it in between puzzles just yeah. petting the cat um, yeah like, good which what am i doing it's purring away Scritch. it's just you know <laughs> make sure you give the uh, hellebore scritches yeah, scritches yeah you can't you know can't get by about at least one every 20 seconds so you know it's, <laughs> yeah yeah but i do no, like the way we, he wakes up when you ring the bell it's like what do you yeah, do that for yeah. <laughs> we uh we basically sort of like in our heads, um, Hellebore is actually the owner of Strange Horticulture, and you're just um, yeah. there to do all the actual menial tasks. Yeah, but he it's... just sort of gets in the way and yeah. uh, knocks plant pots over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's it's... the one in charge. <laughs> yeah, because it's all beneath him. It's just like oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, the first design question. Here we go. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Identifying plants is a frequent activity in Strange Horticulture. Mm. What did you do? when designing uh, this aspect of the game to make sure that it was actually engaging and not... You can use the T word here, tedious. It's not. <laughs> yeah. You did a wonderful so, job of preventing that from happening. But what did you do? You. What, what do you think you did to make sure it wasn't? Well, going back, like, just before, like, we talk about that, I just want to say, like, when we first started setting out designing the game, like we weren't even sure if identifying plants was fun enough on its own, like never mind like basing a whole game around it. That took us a long time to um, sort of nail the gameplay back down and sort of go, actually, yeah, there is something about just identifying the plants that's actually quite fun. Mm. Um, and then, and, uh, yeah, actually the way you go about identifying them, we wanted to turn it into a series of puzzles. Now, one of the early ideas was we were going to use like real plants. Um, and, and then we realized, well, actually like drawing the real plants and getting them really accurate and all that for everyone is too hard. Like we're just going to make up It just wouldn't work as, as puzzles because yeah, we, we needed that. Um, we needed some plants to have uh, features that were similar and we just needed more control over what the plants looked like to make it interesting. And then, uh, I mean, to be honest, just a lot of trial of error, trial and error um, of trying stuff out and tweaking the plants, tweaking what they look like, and tweaking some of the descriptions to try and make it so that it, it just stayed interesting and and that there was always. Um, I mean, obviously, that it would be boring if if every plant could just be identified by looking at it, looking at the picture in your little book, and then looking at. Yeah, that was um, that was the key itself. thing, really, is that we we wanted to make sure that using your plant book and your um, other tools within the game to identify plants, that 
the answer wasn't always in the same place every time. So yes, on a on a few, you can sort of look at like this little sketch and you can match it to a plant. But on the others, there's some text that you need to read that will give you the description. Maybe it's a color, maybe it's a smell, maybe. Uh, and then you can do something called closer inspection where you look at it um, a bit closer and it will give you a bit more information and perhaps the answer's there. Um, and using these these things, we just we we wanted to make sure that each plant you identified in a different way. And then, yeah, as Rob says, through trial and error, we basically put all the plants into the game, played through, and then we went, okay, that needs leaves more like that one or change the color of this one, um, swap these two round. And a lot of that happened. And, um, and I feel like that process could have just been endless as well. We could have yeah. just done that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the amount of times you go, well, that one word differentiated that plant than that one mm. and like well this one's got ridges in its leaves but this one hasn't <laughs> yeah what am i looking for it says it looked like the one has got ridges in it does it i don't know <laughs> and also from a from a developer point of view it's actually really hard to to know because from from when we're designing i know that that plant's that plant yeah yeah, yeah. that plant yeah so it's not until you see someone else play it and they go oh when they're having difficulty between two plants that I wouldn't, I didn't even know was difficult. I mean, no, for me, no. it's that's really obvious that that's that one. But for someone who's playing it for the first time, it's not, not so obvious. Um, so until we actually got other people to play it and see how, uh, if it was a challenge or like, um, I, it wasn't, and you know, when we put the demo out um, and we had the first few days um, available, and we got a lot of feedback on on that. And these were meant to be sort of easy ones. And even um, some people were struggling those. So we tweaked and we tweaked some more. And then we, yeah, a lot of trial and error. Mm. Next question then. We're going to talk about the characters that visit your shop in strange horticulture. Uh, they will have their own motives and relationships with you and others. Uh, and also there's shenanigans going on, which happens very quickly, which is interesting, but, uh, involving the you know a coven of some sort. <laughs> Won't we'll reveal any more than that. Um, my only concern, I say concern, but observation, I should say, is that I'm quite impressed of how you manage to draw the player's attention to the words they speak and what they say. Um how did you manage that? How did you think, what, what did you do? What were the things did you actively do to make sure that the player's attention was drawn away from the plants just for this moment? And now could you look at the narrative here and see what's going on and see how this is out? I mean, you've done lots of things, but I just want to expand on what you did and that aspect of strange horticulture. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think we fluked it. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say that, so obviously it's, it's a text heavy game. There is yes. a lot of text in it. Um, but even having said that, our goal was always keep it succinct, keep it as light as possible on the text front, particularly when a visitor comes to you. Um, so I think the main thing that we did there was just getting to the point quickly. And it, yes, it meant that perhaps the characters didn't always have time to um, like flesh up, flesh themselves out and, and become a bit more real, I suppose. Um, so we, you know, on that front, we kind of tried to bring in little snippets of personality. But yeah, it was always keep it to the point, keep it um, relevant to what's actually going on in the narrative. But there's also bios, isn't there? There's little cards that you have. Yeah, so yeah, the bios do flesh out some of the sort of more right, important yeah. characters that yeah. um, are... Because we have two types of character. We have ones that are just coming to your shop for a single visit and they have... Um, or maybe a couple of visits, but it's a self-contained story. Um, and then we have others that sort of weave into a sort of the larger narrative and so for those they have bios um which offer a bit more uh of that information that yeah um sort of like yeah fleshes them out makes it slightly richer but again we will try to be quite succinct with those as well mm. Mm. um but i think they they do offer a bit more about these characters um 
and actually some useful tidbits with regards to how the narrative plays out. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, so, yeah. I just really, I, I just love how they are interacting with you and when they're just sort of like coming from the <laughs> yeah. shadows and then... Well, it's also know. interesting. I think what we both, um, the way uh, characters come to you, it's all single-sided conversation. So they yeah. come to you and yeah. um, they, they speak their words, but we definitely wanted the player to take on the role of the horticulturist so we didn't want to put words in the player's mouth so they have to fill in the conversation almost but writing in a way that you could basically read that one side of conversation and still follow along was um well rob did really well with that um coming up with all those interactions and it, yeah it each one is interesting in its own right yeah yeah and it does drive me on because I love exploring things and discovering new worlds people are made mm. by others. Um, I often cite to the reason I carried on playing World of Warcraft for a reasonable amount of time because I wanted to see stuff. I yeah. didn't want yeah. the stuff. I just wanted to see stuff. I only went, <laughs> I only went raiding because I wanted to see stuff. You know, and then I eventually realised, hey, well, this is a second job. I'm going to stop. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I haven't di dipped my toes into that game, to be honest. Cause, no, because yeah, it's like, yeah. That's a time sink, isn't it's it? It's just, no, no, just, I, I, yeah, it's enough. But <laughs> um, I want to talk about my next question to you is uh, fail states. Mm. There are. Fail states in strange horticulture, they're not few and far between, but they do exist. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're relatively not punitive as much as other fail states. I'm looking at you, Super Meat Boy. Although, is that particularly <laughs> punitive? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Some games are really yeah. quite, what, the beginning? You know, some people are pointing at Ollie Ollie World and going, it's a bit brutal. So, no, you can just hit Y, tap it, you'll be fine. Anyway, <laughs> um, the. Doesn't seem to be any time constraints when dealing with the customers generally speaking no yeah. well that's something that when we started making the game was uh something that we just we really wanted to make sure make it so that you didn't want under any pressures because right. playing through papers please you do feel these time pressures and you, you know it's um, stressful that is a, it stressful, is stress game. It's a stressful game <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know you've got your family to look after and when you make mistakes and you can't pay for their food you feel like <laughs> pretty guilty so for strange horticulture we we wanted to take we just went that element way. out yeah. we went the wanted the, wanted to go the other way with it and make it much more relaxed and so that you could basically play it in your own time um and not be under pressure but and because it's text heavy you you know some people read quickly some people read slowly so um all of those things meant that everything about the game was it was key that you could just play it at your own pace. And that means there's no, there is a, a few timers, but there are ways to uh, basically to explore there is a timer. But, but that's those more. Just, that's, those are timers that are like a cool down rather than. Yes. Yeah. And, and do something the cool. reason why we had those in was because we didn't want people to spam through all the map locations, A1, A2, and so on. And yep. we wanted people to actually do the puzzles and go to the locations they were meant to go in. And we also introduced like a, me a mechanic where you can water your plants and you can speed that process up of being able to then explore again. Um, so, I yeah, do love, I do love um, like watching some people play and they've got a customer waiting and they're just like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm just going to go on a 12 hour hike to Haveridge or no, that's one of the plants isn't it um, Kendall or whatever just yeah. to fetch your plant I'll be right back that is <laughs> quite get, a, they get that, to the role playing of it that does amuse me when I'm like I'm just going to wander off into these mountains for a bit I'll be right back <laughs> yeah. just hold there for 12 hours it'll be great um, but no I just love the fact that I could leaf through the book and go oh, is it this mm. one no oh wait a minute this mushroom's got that oh wait a minute maybe it's this I've I know. And you look at the you actually find myself looking at the face going, does the face <laughs> does that look like a person looking for mushrooms? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that's letting the player play their own way as well. Like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff in our game that we sort of set out um to make so that players can basically play how they want, like mm. in terms of organi organizing their plants and labeling them. You don't have to label, you don't have to organize, but you can if you want, and um, that's prompted lots of discussion. And yeah, yeah how, there's a big you know, theme thread about you know how you organise alphabetically or um, by colour or 
No, I embraced chaos with mine. (laughs) I I love just going through the table going, it's like with my video game um, like collection, like, Oh, is it just haphazard? Yeah, pretty much apart from the Final Fantasies. It's just all, all over the place, you know. It's, just, it's <laughs> fine. Um, but, uh, yes, I embrace the chaos with the sorting out. But, um, okay, well, the last question. Well, uh, to hang on, oh, just yeah, go back. Going yes, back please, sorry. yes. Because you talked about fail states, mm, and mm. actually there's quite an interesting... Uh, I So you can um, misidentify plants and you can yes. give customers the wrong plant, but... Yes. And if you do a few in a row, you get something in our game called the Rising Dread. Now, initially, when we first started making the game, when you got three wrong, you would get a game over and you'd have to start uh, the game again. and mm. Start the day again. Start the, the day game. again. Yeah, sorry, not the whole game. And this really seemed uh, quite harsh. And it wasn't until we got feedback and stuff on that. Actually, we realized how... That just really wasn't. It, just didn't work, it, didn't it was work. against every, or a whole ethos of the whole game being relaxing and calm. So now, when you um, sort of get things wrong, you actually just go into a like a separate mini game which you have to complete, and it slows you down a little bit. And but it's quite an interesting sort of rebuild your mind sort of puzzle thing, and then you go back in, and it works so much better. Yeah, yeah. It um, yeah. The, the sense of dread. I was going to mention that in my next. <laughs> Well, that's question. It's almost as if you see the screen. <laughs> ah, sorry. It's shocking. <clears throat> but it's related to that. Um, well, you, you sort of hinted at, or you, no, not hinted, you stated about exploration. In fact, we've joked mm. about it. We haven't really expanded on it. But yes, everyone, there's an overworld map which you can yeah. go wandering around the environment. It's not a real world. Well, you could, you know, but it's not, you know. And uh, I do like the way you describe um, the, the houses leaning into each other. We've all been to villages like that, especially mm. in, in the UK, uh, and where you can exchange unpleasantries, which I thought <laughs> yeah. was almost a, a name of a tribute band for Black Sabbath. I don't know. <laughs> but um, what I'd have to ask is, how did, where did this come from? Because uh, it seems to be almost, but not quite, at odds with the rest of the experience. Yeah, I find it it somehow melds really well with the map and the, the, the clues you get and the and the mm. things you, in between days. In between days, you draw a card and you draw that card and then you look on the card and it gives you a clue to go to somewhere. It's quite, you know, so different from the rest. Yeah. Where did it come from? Why is it there? I'm not, not questioning it should be. I think so, it really should be. But... I, think, I think that mostly comes from the fact that we, we were... S- unsure about um this mechanic of identifying plants and whether that held enough weight by itself so we were looking for other stuff um and we were wondering obviously how you get your plants um and it just seemed like a, a map would be a good fit but actually um we well we we were inspired by a board game called um Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective um which is uh, you have a map and you can kind of go anywhere in, in London. Um, and But you you follow detective-y type clues to decide which locations to go to. Um, so we really liked that game. And we'd actually designed and, and more or less built a board game around that idea, um, which had a map which is more similar to the, the map in, our, in Strange Horticulture. Um, so actually, we yeah, when we started thinking about yeah, maybe we should have a map and and we could have puzzles and oh, hang on, we've already done this. We can just borrow this because we never published the board game idea. Um, it just ended up as a prototype and never went anywhere. Um, but yeah, we we kind of had that ready made and it just slotted in and and we obviously embellished it a bit more and came up with some more puzzles and stuff. But. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of just we wanted something to to break up. Just well, it's it comes from the like yeah, the identifying is fun, but um, also I think collecting is fun. I think that's a fun mechanic that people mm. enjoy in games. You know, um, being able to collect stuff and so exploring to find new plants, I think, is um, appeals. It just yeah. does. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, the map um, was one of the sort of early things that we put in the game that um click everything clicked together with actually like um it just 
from there we felt we had a real like fleshed out game and we put in the puzzles and it just it felt like it clicked um and we'd always wanted to set a game in the lake district so that's why the map is like our version of the lake district um where windermere has become undermere and it's maybe a slightly more sinister and there's obviously magical plants but um yeah just having gone there and romanticized it as children it's it was great to be able to put in a game and yeah yeah that's the map I remember the last time I went to Lake District and just marvelling at how you get walls of rain approaching. Like, What's that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, and that's right. why there's rain in the game. Like, that hasn't <laughs> yeah, changed. Yeah, that hasn't changed. Like, What's that? It's a heading tool. Totally is. Is that like a <laughs> sheet of rain? Totally is. Okay. Yeah. But but in our game, the rain has the atmosphere and makes yeah. it more like... Because you're inside, you can avoid it. Yeah, yeah it makes yeah. it more cosy and more... Yeah. Um, yeah. It does. Uh, just you know, or you could argue the cat does all of that, but that's just yeah, totally true. But it's all—it's all of these things. <laughs> it is. Right? It they is. all help help to. It is. Um, create atmosphere and. Create but I, I love I love staring at maps, and I think mm. having the map included was wonderful because it does give you a sense of two things: place and purpose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. And we wanted to make sure that it had a tactile quality, so that's why. Like when you click on it, it has a nice unfurling an- animation yeah. and yeah. all of those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, for us, the map was a really key part of the the game development. Yeah, uh, and caused it all to click. So, so I can't imagine it without it. No, so everyone can in here. We could talk another t- two hours about this, yeah. about horticulture, <laughs> yeah. like, but sadly we haven't the time. Uh, to do that uh, but there's many more things to discover and I have if you notice there's some things I haven't really talked about like the mm. there's the clues and the letters and the things that drive you onto them onto the map that, that's a whole separate thing I'd like the players themselves to discover rather than us sure. you know digest or, or expand on those because you know dissect i should say because it, it it's sort of once you do that it loses its magic so let's yeah it is a thing everyone yeah. exists well it's it, rob described it as um uh like again like a board game and when you get your board game it, something like gloomhaven where you, as you play there's loads of little boxes that you unpack as you play through and yeah. it's like what does this do yeah and we try to add a lot of those elements into strange horticulture so as you play through the game there's new things and it's like what does this do <laughs> you have to work it out yeah it doesn't yeah. tell you strange horticulture no. does not it just says what's that good question <laughs> what's that doing? what's that little note doing on the shelf i don't know <laughs> Maybe it's something your dead uncle left you. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's this wonderful thing where this plant smells a certain way if you know death. And you go, mm. well, my uncle died. Yeah. And then voila, you scent, you smell it a certain way. It's fascinating. Brilliant. Really. <laughs> this is synchronicity. It's great stuff. Well done. Thank Hopefully. you. Uh, but um, so strange horticulture. Uh, it's developed by uh, Bad Viking Games. Great name. By the way, oh thanks. <laughs> where's where's you know, where's that come from? Uh, I mean, well, it's ten years. It's the old standard now, so. game game indie game company name, adjective and noun, right? It is normally it's color <laughs> and, and normally it's color and animal. You, you know, yellow, yeah. yellow. Pink. Oh, we, we had some of those I think <laughs> on our shortlist, like red penguin or something. Yeah, like there that. you go. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, speaking of my ancestry is very much Viking, hence the blue eyes. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played, you know, Valhalla last year. But uh, yeah, I, I can go with that. It's a good name. But anyway, so Strange Horticulture, what, what's it available on? What's it play on? Uh, at the moment, just Steam, Epic and GOG. Right. And it's a Windows PC and... Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Win- yeah. Windows PC only at the moment. Okay. Cause, uh, um, but uh, we are exploring... Yeah, we're, we're looking at others, other yeah. platforms. Yeah, I mean, just the question I have, what has to ask? Uh, and I used to, I rattle it off, but I got in trouble once because I rattled off a platform that hadn't been announced yet, and it all got a bit, a bit <laughs> icky. You know how delicate things are. You've been working in the industry for long enough. Like, what did you do? Like, I saw it on Wiki. The Wikipedia said it was going. You don't trust that. But uh, anyway, so. Um, Rob and John, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much well, for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. It's been it's been fun to chat. Yeah, yeah. Been fun. and uh, you're more than welcome to come back. We have had a lot of return guests over the years, 
and uh, whatever it is next to you, you grow out of your plant pot. Hey, see how I did that? <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, but whatever it is you're coming up with, well, currently, you're probably working on it right now, no doubt, because that's how these things work. I get that. Uh, or one of <laughs> 10 things that might bear fruit, who knows? But uh, until then, thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrinse.com.